Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, July 20th, 2020, and what a weekend inside the Big Ten. Finally, commitments and a lot of them. But first, let's get to the biggest news of the weekend, and that happened in Bloomington. And the reason why the big news coming out of Bloomington is because Indiana has joined Ohio State and Maryland as schools that have shut down for positive COVID cases. Indiana football specifically this time. Ohio State, when they did it, everybody. Maryland, everybody. And Indiana, they are just suspending the football team after six positive COVID-19 tests. It made sense that they shut things down. Now, again, college football has time, but time is running out. Time is not on their side. The Big Ten, they bought some extra time by going to a conference-only schedule, as did the Pac-12. However, it seems like the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, they're trying to work it out where they're going to be able to play non-conference games. Lots of rumors this weekend surrounding a potential Alabama-Notre Dame game that fizzled through, fizzled out, and not going to happen. There's just lots of rumors that are going on right now, but what we do know is is that college football is in scramble mode, and that is scary because they should not have been in scramble mode. They've had plenty of time to get a plan, to have something in place, and then go forth and enact it. The problem right now, though, is that there's no leader in college football. There is no, you know, person you know there's no commissioner like there is uh, you know with the NFL and Roger Goodell there's there's a difference there there's not one person that says I'm looking out for the greater good of college football remember a few years ago when Northwestern tried to unionize well I'm not gonna say that they weren't wrong because at this point in time how damn good would a union look for college football players it really would. Think about it. They, the union, would have demanded the NCAA do you know X, Y, and Z with testing, make sure that it's safe for, for players to return, have a, a very stringent regiment of how they go about doing things. But unfortunately, that's not the case. So as college football scrambles, we're going to continue to see more and more schools take temporary leaves for the COVID-19. And it's unfortunate because, you know, Indiana seemed to have something going good there and Tom Allen, their football team. But unfortunately, you know, they're, they're going to have to stop things and uh, we'll see what they'll end up doing. I mean, it took Ohio State, was it uh, 10 days? No, I think it was eight days, I believe, because they suspended on Monday and they returned on a Tuesday. So eight days later, uh, the Buckeyes returned. Uh, Maryland was a week. So, you know, you're looking at probably about a week, uh, at least minimum. Um, you know, you want to see the, the kids test positive and then come back with two negative tests minimum before they start working out again. So uh, to, to quarantine the team, um, you know, to trace where these players were, because Indiana didn't announce who it was. They just said that they had six positive cases. Uh, and then, you know, you find out something like that. And then, you know, the reason why, you know, I've been – a applauding a couple of schools for the way they've handled things 
Well, it uh, came out this weekend as well that the University of Illinois, they are not releasing their COVID tests, much like Ohio State. And you know, we saw what happened with the Buckeyes. Is that going to happen in Champaign as well? Because they're you know not telling anybody what's going on. So uh, that's something that bears watching, and we will continue to watch that. But unfortunately for Indiana, they have suspended their football workouts on Saturday due to six positive COVID-19 cases within the football team. All right, like I said, there's a ton of recruiting notes that happen over the weekend. We'll start off with the biggest recruit for the conference, and that goes to Ohio State as they, quote-unquote, flipped Georgia defensive back Jordan Hancock. Hancock, about a week and a half ago, was committed to the Clemson Tigers. Clemson almost never sees decommitments. Almost never. Uh, you saw it with Corey Foreman. Uh, he is the number one overall prospect in the country. He's a defensive end out of California. He was committed to Clemson and about, uh, it was actually a little while ago, maybe a month and a half, maybe two months ago where Foreman decided to decommit from Clemson. And Debo Swinney doesn't get a lot of decommits. It's just, it's something that the program has done really well with. But unfortunately, that for them, uh, their loss was Ohio State's game because Hancock is a national type of guy. At 6'1", 170 pounds, Hancock had offers from pretty much everybody that you'd want nationally. Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Florida State, LSU, Michigan, everybody. Everybody wanted the young man. And that's why I'm saying this is the biggest commitment inside the conference because all you have to do is, again, if you listen to the podcast and, and you know how I view the recruits, I'm not necessarily looking at their star rankings. What I'm interested in is who is after them. And when you get the big boys, the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the Georgias, that means that you're a guy that everybody wants. Those are major college offers, and that's exactly what you're looking for. So Ohio State's at adding yet another high-quality player in Jordan Hancock. Penn State, they have really gone into Michigan this year and plucked a bunch of players. And this weekend, they did it again. Linebacker Jamari Budden committed to the Nittany Lions. And he's a guy that a lot of Big Ten schools wanted. At 6'2", he had Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Purdue. Now, Button's not a national, national guy, but Button's a damn good player. And you're going to see, uh, I'm not going to say that there's going to be a continual pipeline from Michigan into Penn State, but this year what James Franklin has done in the Mitten State has been very impressive. He's gotten some very good players, and Button is the latest one of them. And you have to think that you know something's going on with Michigan and Michigan State when they can't keep their best players in state because usually those players want to stay I understand what's going on at Michigan State Mel Tucker's in a big time rebuild but at Michigan and Jim Harbaugh doesn't have a firm grasp on the the best players in his state mm, that is not looking good for Harbaugh going forward so um, it's a it's a tough loss for Michigan more than it is for Michigan State but again Penn State's gain on this one. Rutgers added Ohio athlete Sean Munderland, and I love what Munderland brings to the table because this young man is massive at 6'5", 205 pounds. 
Uh, he's got a great frame, and who the hell knows what he's going to end up being. Could he be uh, a dominant wide receiver in the red zone with that size? Yes. Could he bulk up and potentially be an edge rusher? Yes. I like what Greg Schiano saw out of Munderland, and I think that he's got a pretty bright future. Arizona State, Boston College, Minnesota, Purdue, West Virginia had offers from along with a couple others. So I like what, you know, again, I think Greg Schiano's done a really good job on the recruiting trail, although, you know, it it's not like the highest level recruits. I think he's getting guys that fit his system and guys that he knows that he can progress through the system and ultimately be big-time players at the collegiate level. So, again, I like the addition of Munderland for the Rutgers class. And, you know, again, they're doing a pretty solid job on the recruiting trail. Okay, we'll get to one last commitment, and then we're going to start off with some of the players that are leaving as well. Nebraska went to Texas and added athlete Marquez Buford, 6'1", 190 pounds, had offers from Florida State, Arizona, Rutgers, Syracuse. Now, again, uh, Nebraska's done a really good job uh, recruiting Texas, and you know, Scott Frost needs a, these kind of guys to stick around. Uh, he did a really good job uh, in Florida last year in their class, going out and grabbing uh, multiple players, but uh, unfortunately, some of those players are matriculating away, and I'll get to that in just a moment, but... Uh, what they're getting in Buford is a guy that uh, could potentially play both sides of the ball. Uh, he's got the size, could be a defensive back, could be a wide receiver. So we'll see what Buford actually ends up being. But uh, I think a solid addition to the Nebraska class for Scott Frost. And like I said, they are losing some players. Um, this one is very interesting because cornerback Jaden Francois, like I said previously, that they did a good job last year recruiting in their 2020 class into Florida. Well, they've lost two guys from that class already, and two of them were from Florida. Henry Gray previously uh, had transferred. He ended up at Florida International. While Jaden Francois this weekend had entered the transfer portal, and the weird part about this is that Francois never even really got a chance to wear the Nebraska uniform. He enrolled early in January, went through uh, what couple spring practices that they had, um, ended up reporting late for voluntary workouts, and I think you could see the writing on the wall. I think Francois uh, got a little homesick. You know, Nebraska and Florida are two very different places, and I think that Francois probably just got homesick and most likely you'll see him ending up somewhere closer to home. But uh, unfortunate for Nebraska because they've lost two very good players in Gray and Francois from their 2020 class already. It's, it's, you know The transfer portal has changed a lot of things. And speaking of the transfer portal, uh, J.D. Spielman, the wide receiver, decided to get in the transfer portal a couple months ago. And Spielman this weekend announced his destination. He is going to play for the TCU horns the horned frogs so uh i think this is a good spot for him when you look at uh, what tcu does uh, on offense they've got some damn good skill position players and that's exactly what spielman is it's unfortunate loss for nebraska because spielman was their number one wide receiver so uh, you'd have to expect that going down to tcu he's at worst a two in their system and uh, you know going forward i think that he's got uh, a pretty bright future and i think you'll probably see him playing on sundays as well 
Purdue lost a commitment this weekend in Ohio athlete Byron Threets. Uh, Threets just, you know, he just didn't, you know, feel comfortable enough in, you know, the the class for Purdue, and you know he's going to move away, which is unfortunate because, you know, I thought that uh, you know Jeff Brown really started to do some good things and was trending in the right way. So, with all of that in mind, let's update the 2021 team rankings and to no one's surprise the school that continues to be at the top of this list are the Buckeyes and Ryan Day. Ryan Day has done an absolutely fantastic job so far early on in his career as the Ohio State head coach. He leads the country with 19 commits and the best ranking uh, total points according to the 247 Sports Composite. So yeah, you'd have to say that uh, the Buckeyes are doing a damn good job. Michigan is the next school at eight overall in the country with 20 commits. You've got the Badgers at 15 commits, 14th nationally. Iowa is 17th nationally with 17 commits. Maryland, 19th overall with 16 commits. Minnesota is 15th overall. I'm sorry, uh, 15 commits puts them at 22nd overall. Penn State, like I said, and I've been saying this for weeks, they had 12 commits prior to getting Budden. Now they are 25th overall. They were a little bit lower, and now they're thir- with 13 commits. They are going to shoot up the rankings and end up in the top 10. Guaranteed. 100%. Rutgers, with their addition of Motherland, although good player, they took a couple steps down. They are 28th overall with 22 commits. Nebraska. Uh, they dropped, of course, uh, because they lost threats. They are 36 overall with 13 commits. Northwestern is 38th in the country, 14 commits. And, you know, again, Northwestern, they've, they've done a good job. Uh, that's something that Pat Fitzgerald, I think, can do a little bit better at. But the, the problem with Northwestern is is uh, very similar to Notre Dame and Stanford. Their academic standards are so high that sometimes that eliminates a lot of good football players that could be able to help their program. Michigan State is 62nd overall with 12 commitments. 67th, Indiana, 10 commits. And then Purdue is 77th overall with 8 commits. So you've got a good squad of bunch of teams and I think that you know overall I think everyone's done a, a fairly good job and a better job so uh, you know you're uh, you're looking at some enhanced recruiting which I like to see you know in order to compete with the SEC these teams the lower tier teams have to be a little bit higher uh, I think the top end Big Ten teams can compete I don't think that the middle tier Big Ten teams compete with the SEC that's the difference between the two conferences because I still I believe that the SEC is the best conference in the country I think the Big Ten is just a step behind them and that's because of those middle tier teams their top tier teams very very similar but the middle tier teams just aren't quite the same the Mackey Award watch list was released this weekend and there's plenty of Big Ten flavor on there Wisconsin's Jake Ferguson Penn State's Pat Fryermuth Peyton Hendershot of Indiana, Luke Farrell from Ohio State, Michigan's Nick Eubanks, Maryland's Jigozim Onoko, Nebraska's Jack Stoll, and Iowa's Sam Laporta all made that list. If I was to choose one guy that had the chance to win the Mackey, 
That's Pat Fryermuth. I think Fryermuth is one of the best players in the country. One note on the basketball side of things from this weekend. Really good news for Michigan as their senior guard or rising senior guard, Isaiah Livers, decided that he is going to withdraw from the NBA draft and continue his collegiate career with the Wolverines and Juwan Howard and play out his final season. Big time news for them as they have lost Isaiah Todd to the NBA uh, who had signed. He was their highest signee in the 2020 class, uh, decided that he wasn't going to end up in Ann Arbor. So uh, this is a this is a win and uh, a win for Juwan Howard because you, you need that high-level talent to continue what he was building, and Livers is that kind of high-level talent. I expect a big senior year from the guard. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Raiders, reviews, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great week, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.